listening to a Same But Different podcast. Hello and welcome to the National Service Remembered podcast, where in each episode we will discover what National Service was really like through the fascinating stories of the people who served. In this episode, we will be taken on that journey by John Wellman, who served his country from 1956 to 1958. I wasn't called up at 18 because somebody, one of my teachers, thought I might be clever enough to go to Oxford. So I stayed on till I was 19 and proved that I wasn't clever enough to go to Oxford. Uh, I had a place uh, at Borough Road College in London, and I wanted to go on there, really. I think had it been Oxford, I would have probably been allowed to go because friends of mine, certainly most of my friends, did education before national service. And as a result, they never did national service because it was coming to an end. I was called up to join the Devon Regiment down at Exeter, part of the Wessex Brigade, to do my basic training. I was a bit disappointed at that because I thought I was going to go into the infantry, whereas I had applied to go into the Education Corps. I did realize fairly quickly when we were just chatting that there were other people among our intake who had also applied to be in the Education Corps. So we put two and two together and realized that perhaps we were going to be trained to be soldiers, first of all, and then go on for our training, and and that's what happened. The first thing we were told, basically, was we had to look like soldiers if we wanted to go home for Christmas. So we all applied ourselves very quickly to polish our boots and make sure we looked reasonably smart and uh, that our beds were beautifully made, even to the point of sleeping on the floor when we made our beds so that it would pass muster next morning. I was a bit frightened of firing rifles. Um, I always used to jerk in anticipation that it was going to make a big noise. So uh, they they made the point that, that I was likely to wipe out uh, several of the sheep on Dartmoor if I wasn't careful. All of this was at the time when the IRA were being particularly active in this country. And so one night when I was on guard, we were suddenly called out on a, what clearly was a fairly serious alert because they said that there were activities in the uh, Territorial Army Unit. And so... We we actually ended up crawling up the road, which was about a couple of hundred yards, I suppose, um, with one bullet in our rifles. Um, So clearly it was fairly serious, but we crawled up there, and it was quite stupid in many ways because there were people walking by, courting couples rather, chuckling at us as we sort of crawled up the gutters. When we sort of eventually got up there to burst in, um, it was realized that, in fact, it was a a rearranged game in in the... snooker league and the, there was a, a team playing against the territorial army and it was nothing nothing serious at all but um, my training came to a, a rather sudden end in a way we had to go on an exercise down towards um, Exmouth somewhere and we were going to be attacked and the, our enemy were going to be the marines from Plymouth and so we had to get marched down there it was about I don't know five ten somewhere between five and ten miles and we marched down, and um, we had to dig ourselves into trenches uh, on this hill, and we, we had to guard against the edge of a woodland down in the valley. We could see. I got into my trench and realised that it was I was standing in water, and I asked the corporal if, if I could put my trench a little higher up. 
I could, in fact, not have water, but he was uh, decided at that stage I was trying to be too clever and uh, made me stand all night in this water. And anyway, it turned out that the Marines were busy and didn't come, as so it was our own chefs and the cooks and things that were the, the rather inadequate attacking force. But the next morning we were then marching back, and I started to get blisters on my, my feet. So they took me out of the, the march back, and... Uh, one of the corporals said, oh, that's all right, I know what we have to do, that. we'll put some oil on. Well, apparently olive oil would have been a great, great help, but rifle oil wasn't. And by the, by the end of the week, I was in serious trouble. In fact, I had the start of gangrene. So I was then taken by ambulance up to Honiton to the hospital, and I spent uh, about 10 days uh, in there. I, when I was released, I was too, too late to take part in the passing out parade. My parents uh, and an uncle of mine had come down to see me in the passing out parade, and I was stood beside them in my shoes watching it. Then came the, the posting bit from there, and that was very good. They put all the postings in a hat and allowed us to draw them out. In those days, you were in the army, let, let the Queen pay for you to have as distant a trip as possible. So somewhere like Hong Kong, or there was one Bermuda or somewhere, and those were the ones that were really, really sought after. But everybody said, and I never knew why afterwards, that the, the worst posting was Germany. You don't want to go to Germany. Well, I, I drew um, North Wales, uh, which I didn't really mind too much, except that I suppose if you're going in the British Isles, getting from North Wales down to Poole is one of the more difficult journeys. Anyway, one of the chaps, he'd been allowed to go home because his wife was expecting and she had a baby. And when he came back, he was very upset because he'd been posted to Germany. And being, I suppose, a good-natured fellow, in the end, I said to them, I was prepared to go to Germany so that he could go to North Wales. So off we went to, uh, to, to Germany. There were probably about 10 of us schoolies, as we were always known, schoolies. Uh, we were education sergeants by this stage and very proud of it. And uh, 10 of us went to um, Dusseldorf, and then about four of us were sent off to Hona. Uh, Hona was very close to Belsen concentration camp. We all knew about Belsen, and we went there, and that was one of the worst experiences of my life, I think. I, I really couldn't fathom how that ever happened at that stage it was simply great mounds and then um, just simple crosses with words like 500 buried here and 1,000 buried there and I think three of us went down to it and we all turned and, 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 uh, and, and we were very 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 moved by it all when, when we then got our postings after we'd been at Hona it was purely a holding place I was sent back to a 12th Light ACAC, an anti-aircraft regiment, who were in Hereford. And I was on the station when a train pulled in and uh, the people would be looking out of the window. And they put their hands out of the window and knocked our hats off. Um, and, and that was apparently because when the army discovered Belson, they turned and marched the mayor and the local residents up there to see you know, how terrible it was and uh, how the Dickens they could have possibly ignored the fact people were being frog-marched off of train loads up there to go into the concentration camp. So that was a, a sort of rather unedifying welcome to Germany, I suppose. When I got to Hereford, I realised immediately then that I'd been sent to a regiment which prided itself on its sport. We did a cricket tour to Berlin, 
And that was interesting and slightly frightening because when we, we had to travel at night, there's only one train a day went to Berlin from the uh, main West Germany. We were told we must not put lights on and must not uh, open any windows because snipers regularly took pot shots at this train as it went across during the night. So <laughs> there was me now still not a year into my service facing the Russians, as I thought. But uh, we got through that and got to Berlin, and we were playing on the grounds surrounding the Olympic Stadium for the 1936 Games, with the one where Hitler uh, had got furious that Jesse Owens had won all the medals. I've still got a photograph of myself stood nonchalantly with the obligatory cigarette in my hand in those days, of course, outside the entrance to the uh, Olympic Stadium. And this was Berlin before the wall, before they built the wall. And I did, on my own, um, decide I'd like to go into East Berlin. And then you could do that. I, I could get on the U-Bahn, the underground, into East Berlin. And the difference between East Berlin and West Berlin was absolutely, tremendously different. The main roads had been repaired, obviously, to cover what the rest of it was like. But you looked down the side streets and it was still flat as a pancake as it had been in 1946. So I stayed there until nearly the end of 57 and then we were um, then sent to Lipstadt in Westphalia. That was down sort of nearer the mountains, the Rhine mountains. I, I enjoyed Lipstadt, the highlight of it mainly being because we were near the mountains, we could go skiing on Sunday mornings. Not that I was any good at it, but uh, also there was mountain training. Now, whenever the regiment did any training, I was usually put into the sort of head office uh, organizing maps. And so the generals, the Queen's cousin was in one of them. Um, I used to go in front of them in the evening and they would plan the next day's battle or maneuvers. And uh, I would show them where that was on the map, where the various regiments were in these exercises. And that was quite interesting. They would quietly uh, pass the brandy round and I could see they were getting more and more inebriated. And somebody would suddenly wake up and say, I say this blow up the bridge there, shall we? Um, show us, Sergeant, if we blew up that bridge, what would happen? And I suddenly realized that, that, that my, my old friends of the Devon Regiment were about to set off along this road in the middle of the night and to be told when they got there, the bridge had been blown up and they'd all have to go another way around, which I thought was very unfair. But uh, by this stage, I'd reached the stage of saying, you know, this is not a bad way of spending two years. Uh, but because I'd been called up late... I, I had this problem that I wasn't going to be able to start my teaching practice uh, as a student at Barrow Road. And I, so I applied for early release and they, uh, they released me on the 31st of August. So I, in fact, didn't do 24 months. I only did 22 months. Well, I hope you enjoyed John's story as much as I did and that you will join us next week when we'll be hearing tales from Tom Crabb. Again, as always, if you want to know more about these stories, please follow the link that's in the description. And thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>